Having that said to end, there's always been the interesting question of, do you need to be a good athlete to then become a good coach? My answer is no. Welcome to the Waiting Game Podcast, a podcast where I attempt to bring more dialogue into the world of Olympic weightlifting and share my experiences and perspectives in the sport and resistance training in general. It was a perspective I wish was more accessible during my earlier years of training, so here is my attempt to bring that value to those who may be seeking it. And welcome everyone to episode 39 of the Waiting Game Podcast. I'm your one and only host, Brandon Wakeling. I'm an Olympian and multiple-time representative at the Commonwealth Games. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about a topic that I've heard differing opinions on, some warranted, some not so much, but it's certainly an interesting topic nonetheless. That being, do good athletes then go beyond to become good coaches? I'm going to give some reasons as to how athletes can leverage their sporting career into a successful coaching career some challenges that then may cause that athlete to not exactly transfer into being a good coach, and also some things that I've learned and am still learning along the way in my athletic career that has helped me become a better coach. Starting with an aspect that is relevant to anyone within weightlifting or becoming a coach in general, however, I'll focus on the athlete who wants to become a good coach. There's one trait that I feel is definitely necessary in order to have this transference, and that is curiosity. There are some athletes that have that natural-born curiosity to learn and are very eager to learn the reasoning behind why they're doing everything in their training. That being, why this exercise, why do this specific variation, why are we sequencing the order of the exercises this way, what does this cue mean? You kind of get the point. Simply wanting to know all the ins and outs of the sport. Then there are athletes that simply don't care all that much about the inner workings and the intricacies of the sport, but they simply just love getting the work in, and they know how to work hard. They have an objective, whether that's meddling at a certain competition, and they're willing to work at an RPE of 10 to get there. Not necessarily having such of a curiosity of the sport, but they're competitors, and they are simply training to achieve a certain result. This, in my theory, can create two differing potential coaches. The former, in my theory, makes for a better coach. The second may not necessarily have the base to translate into coaching from a technical sense. Not to say that it can't be learned, of course, but I believe there needs to be an element of curiosity needed to not only learn, but seek continuous learning. If there's been one thing that I've noticed with coaches that are very proficient, is that they're curious as to why things are done a certain way, Which leads into the next topic that I'll touch on, and this can be tough for athletes who have become accustomed to following one specific type of training method for a prolonged period of time, and this is having an open mind and be willing to learn slash deviate from what they've done in their own training, and then pass that on to their athletes. And this is one that I've had to continuously work on during my ongoing athletic career and coaching career simultaneously. As I personally have a certain style that I like to follow with my own training, and I haven't deviated significantly, personally when it comes to my own training, I'm at a point now where I am super basic when it comes to exercise selection. I can simply follow the program that has the Olympic lifts in it, throw some powers in there, squats, pulls, and I'm good to go. 
I haven't always opted for a lot of variation. That's just personally what I found has worked for me. As much as I certainly could have used the variation at times though. So I'm not saying that it was optimal. It's just what I've done throughout the past few years especially. This is where I've had to take in knowledge from my coach, other athletes, my physio, and simply taking note of others in the space and implementing that into my own coaching. This can be exercise selection, its variations, changing certain aspects of the training program to do with tempo, rest, periodization. There's a multitude of different ways to alter a program. Another one that I've actually learned a lot from is sitting in training halls at big competitions like world championships and others of the sort where we have a bunch of different countries all coming together to train within the one training hall. When I've been at the World Championships, for example, one of the best things that I like to do is outside of my training hours, because each country has an allocated two-hour time slot every day, when I'm not in my two-hour training slot, sometimes they have a grandstand there, or I can just sit on the side and just watch different countries all train together in their different time slots. And it's amazing the amount of variation and differing exercises you'll see being utilized from different countries. The variation is massive something you don't necessarily see back at home. Now moving on to another aspect which is hugely important and can be powerful for ex-athletes and perhaps in some cases a mark completely missed depending on the athlete and that is showing empathy. This has been one in certain areas I feel coming from personal experience that I can certainly relate and provide insight as I'm sure those that have listened to a large number of these podcasts is that you may be able to relate to some of the struggles, trials, and tribulations of being an athlete in weightlifting. Although some of the previous examples in past episodes that I may have illustrated may circumstantially not have been exactly the same experience as yours, the essence, emotion, and the journey behind it can certainly resonate, which I feel is a good idea for past athletes to share. As stories showcasing vulnerabilities of said athlete if not voiced, can make it seem like those vulnerable moments were never there and make perhaps the athlete coached by the former athlete feel a little isolated and feel like they perhaps could be doing something wrong in a sense. Having that said, something that I've had to continuously develop is an understanding in more of a technical sense, showing empathy for athletes that may struggle in a domain of weightlifting that I personally have always had a strength in. For example, one of my personal strengths as being a weightlifting athlete has always been my leg strength and my squat numbers in general. Although I've certainly put a lot of work into them, it was fairly straightforward to me and I didn't have to be too strategic in the way that I programmed them as I always responded quite well. I've worked with plenty of athletes that leg strength has not exactly been an easy path forward and it's very important to me to understand and plan that accordingly. Same goes for athletes that will consider themselves a snatch or clean and jerk specialist. Example being for myself, I would consider myself a clean and jerk specialist. An interesting example in Australia being Damon Kelly, who is a former super heavyweight weightlifter. He's competed at multiple Olympics and Commonwealth Games. He's also a clean and jerk specialist. But through that, he's produced three snatch specialists as a coach, which I find is funny how that works which could be purely circumstantial, or it could be the case that if a lifter struggled in a certain element of weightlifting, let's say the snatch in this example, and they were always great at clean and jerk throughout their career, they may be putting a lot more mental energy into finding solutions for the snatch in which that they naturally struggled more in. 
So then once they then become a coach and worked with athletes that perhaps didn't struggle as much in the snatch, but then through the coach having so many extra solutions for this specific lift that they may have struggled with throughout their athletic career, it could then further propel that athlete to then become a specialist in the opposite lift that their now coach has. Probably thinking too deep into it, but as I stated as the first point in this, if there's one thing that I am when it comes to weightlifting, it is very curious. Now, ending this episode, apart from being curious, having an open mind, and having empathy as a good athlete, I feel you then have all the tools needed to then become a great coach. Having that said to end, there's always been the interesting question of, do you need to be a good athlete to then become a good coach? My answer is no. Of course, it helps to have at least performed the snatch and clean and jerk enough to gain somewhat of a sense of the feeling of the lifts. You don't need to have lifted a certain amount of weights to be a spectacular coach in my eyes. Example being my coach Miles hadn't exactly done too many snatches and clean and jerks in his career, but he's coached at an international level for well over, well over 20 years, I believe, perhaps approaching 30 years now. I think when it comes to this question of do you need to be an athlete that's lifted X amount to be a good coach, I think there's certainly gatekeepers on each end of the fence here that have insecurities on both sides. You'll hear people say that great athletes make shit coaches, or in turn, those that were never great athletes can't be good coaches. I think when it comes to those former athletes who had big aspirations of making it in weightlifting, we'll say, they never did. Perhaps it was for something unfortunate, such as an injury then they become coaches who then perhaps have an unconscious sense of resentment for those that did and become good athletes that now want to become good coaches post-career. Perhaps trying to allow the ex-athlete to not have their cake and eat it too. Not sure if that's a good example, but you get what I mean. On the other side of the spectrum, you can have the ex-athlete who has an inflated ego and through sheer disrespect and self-grandiosity, Believe that you can't tell someone what to do if they haven't done it themselves. I shouldn't really have to explain that one myself, as it doesn't exactly come from a standpoint of logic and reasoning, and is just a lazy argument to put forward in my eyes. Now I'm starting to get off topic and rant a little here, so I think I will end the episode there. As always, I thank you to everyone that does listen to this podcast, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed, and as always, I will see you next week with a fresh episode. Talk to you then. Thank you.